Today, we're going to take a look at a report from Headset about inventory, understanding how slow-moving products and trends work. There's been a lot of news and, and reports about retailers and inventory levels not being properly managed. Uh, for example, in cannabis, you have maybe too many weeks of product on hand, leaving thousands of, of dollars dried up on the shelf. So a lot of retailers have too little stock or not enough popular products leading customers to purchase from competing brands or retailers. So we're going to take a look at inventory and customer analysis and a little bit closer look at inventory trends across the U.S. and Canada. All coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Starting off with uh, two months worth of inventory on hand in the U.S., trying to get an understanding, a general understanding of inventory in the U.S. And so when we look at the numbers of the weeks that it would take for a state's median retailer to sell through all the inventory currently available in stores without replenishment, we can see that the median retailer in California, Nevada, Washington have fairly consistent inventory levels ranging from around 4.7 to 5.9 weeks on hand uh, in the most recent period. Conversely, Oregon and Michigan fluctuates widely over time with the most recent period showing 12.4 and 10.3 weeks of inventory on hand respectively. And so asking the question, why is that important? You got to look at the data to find out how much excessive inventory that retailers are carrying for retailers. It means capital that's tied up on the shelves and in the back room. And for brands, it means that products aren't reaching consumers. So some of this data that can work with retail partners to ensure that the products are appropriately stocked and take action when they are not. Now, when we look at the Canadian marketplace compared to retailers in the U.S., we see slightly lower levels of inventory in Canadian retailers with Alberta, Ontario, and Saskatchewan seeing consistency uh, between four and five weeks on hand that align with measures in California, Nevada, and Washington. But I think you'll notice that the median BC retailer is declining in weeks of inventory on hand in the beginning of February, bottoming them out to 2.7 weeks on hand towards the end of March. So previously in Oregon, Michigan, we saw that an excessive of inventory levels, but British Columbia has limited inventory. So the issue with limited inventory carry is the potential for a brand to lose out on potential revenue and profit, which could be directly directed to other brands that are in uh, the, the retailer. This could be for a number of things. Maybe there was a, a a spider mite issue, or we see that all the time here in Washington state, there's products that just aren't available because of whatever reason. Obviously they're not going to come out and say what the reason is, but you can infer that there's some issue with uh, the, that particular uh, cycle and they had to probably blast it into oil or throw it away. Looking a little bit closer at category level drivers of inventory in BC and Michigan, Oregon, the median uh, retailer for, for BC has limited inventory, like we mentioned. So we see that flower and pre-rolls are the primary drivers of that limitation. If these companies were to utilize data, um, they would probably see that they were short on inventory. So there's a lot of solutions for that. Looking at inventory levels in Michigan and Oregon, there's two to three times higher than comparable states. And so looking at that, it tells us that the median retailers have between five and 10 weeks of inventory on hand in most categories, but a flower appears to be the main driver in both. And the median retailer in Oregon has 34 weeks of flower inventory on hand. 
way too long to keep that in the jar. So looking at that profit value of one week of inventory carry for the flower. So this should help you to further understand the potential profits left on the table due to shortage or locked up on shelves due to excessive stock. When we looked at Michigan, when they had 16 weeks of inventory on hand for flour, you can assume that the ideal level of flour inventory is four weeks. You'd say that 12 weeks is extra uh, and probably you lose a, a potentially uh, 76,000. They came up with that number by multiplying 6,400 by 12 weeks, su suggesting uh, that if you're a brand and you're potentially leaving profit on the table due to inventory management, you might want to get some uh, some software and, and fix that because you could get in an additional almost 77,000. Let's take a look at who's buying. Looking at this graph, we can see the age group and gender for at the end of the first quarter and just how much variation that each individual market had. It's important, obviously, to know your customer, know who's buying and know what's buying. Uh, in order to develop and market and sell products that fit that demographic profile. For example, the brands operating in Ontario should know that the province has a much higher share of sales to Gen Z and millennial consumers than any market in the U.S. So how much does one segment or one group of folks drive products? So we can see from this headset data, uh, frequency and monetary value customers that given scores based on how long it's been since they last visited stores and how often they visit them uh, and their total spend in the last year, showing data across 264 stores in the last year uh, in Washington and how sales across the stores are categorized. Visitors made up 26% of consumers in the last 12 months while only driving 3.3% of sales. We don't have tourism here in Washington at all. So visitors are, you know, 3.3 is a lot. I would say it seems like zero. Um, when you look at um, the most loyal customers, they account for only 9.7%, but drive sales up, approximately 40%. So it demonstrates the importance of understanding your customer base that you can stock your portfolio more efficiently. Brands can access this, this information via headset and should give people uh, a better idea of how to drive revenue, uh, manage inventory, and understand who you're selling to, when, and how. This is especially important for any new emerging market that doesn't really have established trends. You know, you the whole West Coast prefers pre-rolls, but if you're in a more conservative market like Arizona, for example, you should know what those unique trends are, where vape is going to be more popular. So utilizing technology like this, uh, as well as uh, consultants who understand what the industry is supposed to be doing, where it's been, where it's at, where it should be going, which should help to kind of eliminate some of these additional inventory burdens uh, and not understanding what your customers are looking for. But you should already know that. So you have to come back to the Talking Hedge, check out some more headset data. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. 
Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.